welcome to another episode of Deandra and the Co-Host. I am Deandra Reviews, and this episode is brought to you by DeandraReviewsLoll.com, where I review entertainment for the light it gives. And when I say light, I mean positivity. And when I say positivity, because even that word can feel a little overly tossed around, what I'm trying to say is how artists transfer their pain and joy as people into their art and make it a sort of reflection and promotion to listeners to just find your joy, find your dreams, find your healing, find your better. And I definitely felt that with today's co-host, Prism Bitch, um, you have to say it like that. That's actually a requirement when you say their name. You have to say it like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. That's 100% true. Anyway, they came out with a new album called Bella. It is fantastic. And we go into really everything. Um, if I can be really, really honest with you, I suffered some tragic losses in the past month that really froze me. Um, they were in a row and they shocked me because loss often does. And looking back at this episode and this podcast and releasing it gives me a lot of joy because so often you can tell who an artist is by the topics that they send me. Because I ask every artist to send me their top five topics and they send me basic ones, you know, music, friendship, memories, um, and naturally we veer off because they're really simple people, very easygoing, very lovely and fun. And they, I could tell they send me those topics and I think they admit it on the podcast because they had to send topics, but they can talk about everything and anything because they're friends. And looking back at that in this time of grieving that I'm in, it just made me feel light. We laughed so much. We had a blast talking to each other and there's just a real joy at listening and watching a group of people laugh together. This episode, more so than a lot of them, felt like, you know, I, I imagine the listener will feel like a fly in the wall. Uh, listening in on really fun, light conversations between people who love true crime and uh, one who sold his bike to a Craigslist killer. Side note, uh, we talk about, if we get really serious, you know, life post-pandemic, they're a very interactive group and it's been on their mind what concerts are going to look like because they're so vivacious, they're, they're so fun. We discuss social media and the pressures that a lot of artists have right now to build their virtual life because real life has been paused. And that's not easy. There is this feeling when it comes to social media that you can't just be funny. You have to be a comedian. You can't just say a really cool, thoughtful thing. You have to be a guru. And that definitely affects them and a lot of artists who a, may not be into social media because that's not their vibe, that's not their personality. And B, who even knows? Who even understands that world? Sometimes people become super famous in social media and I'm like, who, what, where, how, why? Give me the details. I don't get it. And I'm sure you as a listener slash viewer have felt the same way. But again, we talk about all kinds of things, like what it is to have an empathetic face, like myself and like theirs, and have random people approach you at supermarkets. Um, so yeah, we have a range. We laugh a lot. We have a really good time. And I think when you're a good person, 
like they are and you are surrounding yourself with good people, you can have a laugh and get really philosophical within a second because you're so light. Like people think being light, you have to be really deep and really serious and, and talk like this. And no, it, it's in the laughs, it's in the joy and it's in the openness of thinking. And if you find a few good friends that make you think without force and with fun, then that's a real blessing. Find your group of people because they have. Prism bitch, they are each other's people. They like each other, they love each other, and they share the same dreams without any competitiveness between each other. Just pure chemistry. And that's why I know you are going to love this episode of Deandra and the Co-host brought to you by DeandraReviewsLaw.com where I review entertainment for the light it gives. And today's co-host is Prism, bitch! Yeah, I just have to say, it's okay. <laughs> And welcome to a new episode of Deandra and the Co-Host. I am Deandra Reviews. And this episode is brought to you by DeandraReviewsAll.com, where I review the newest in entertainment for all its positive and social commentary about the world we are living in right now. And today's guest is Prism, bitch. I had Whee! to say it like that. I had to. <laughs> I had to. That's funny. <laughs> Delightful. We like, oh. like hearing it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, introduce yourselves. Tell me your name. Tell me, tell me about your new music. I'm Lila Rose. I'm Lauren Poole. I'm Chris Walsh. I'm Teresa Esquera. Some music that is new <laughs> for you to hear. It's coming out as an album and a record and online. It's called Perla, named after Teresa's mother. My mom, Perla, she loves it. <laughs> you're, you're, I mean, I see the, like Teresa is guerra, Perla. So I'm sure I, if I, there's one thing I know about Latina moms, just from my oh, own person. Oh, Phil Filipino. 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 Our cultures are so similar, probably like because. This. We shared a same colonizer. But <laughs> <laughs> we both got chained by the same dude. Yeah. But um, I, I will say that one thing about Filipino culture and Latino culture that's very similar is that our moms, you know, they can be rough. They're not exactly the most complimentary, but they do love an homage. Oh, they so, love an homage, yeah. And they, they, they can... I don't know if this is your experience, Deandra, but they, they can not be like, oh, Teresa, your your skin doesn't look good. You should drink more water. But anybody in my circle, <laughs> it's just love, love, love. She, oh, Lila, so beautiful. What's going on with Chris? He looks yeah. so fit these days. Oh, Lauren, <laughs> she cooks so good. But Teresa, you should still look at your job. Yeah. Are you going to get, you should go into pharmaceuticals. <laughs> but i know she loves me so. they are totally they're actors they are 100 shady mm -hmm. they know how to turn on the the act like people look at my mom and they're like she's so friendly she's so loving oh That's... my god and then that door closes you wore that today <laughs> <laughs> really 
and you're like, wow, people don't know that your mom always has the sweetest compliments, and it's like not for her child. It's the same, <laughs> hand, of it's the same hand of love that just. <laughs> yeah. 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 She she's a really awesome. She feeds us really yeah. well when we're on yeah. the road. Yeah, food is definitely a part of Latino Filipino culture because that, that's yes. that's seduction oh. right there. A oh, good yeah. meal. Yeah, I want it love. now. I want yeah. it right now. Yeah, when we oh, when we first got to tease mom, uh, well, her her mom is living it lives with her brother with your brother and the family, and so there's like kiddos, and it's like uh, and we got there at night after our show, and T's mom had made what the oh the the little lumpia. roll lumpia. she'd made lumpia like oh my god I don't know egg maybe two hundred two hundred <laughs> just in case little yeah. egg rolls. And then we I had, had like 50. Go. Yeah, it was crazy. So good. Yeah. But yeah. Like, also steaks. Also We're lucky. <laughs> yeah, literally. We're really lucky if we get to stop in Sacramento because it's it's like on the route of the West Coast tours, which yeah. is, is every other, you know, every other part of the year. <laughs> yeah. And then we, we try to make sure it's it's within striking distance of mom. Yeah. And then his niece will like do our hair and paint our nails. Yes. And braid yeah. our hair. <laughs> it, it's great for me because I'm also Filipino, but I grew up with a white family. So I get to have like this Filipino family on the road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that they're they're lovely too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but Fela's something. Perla gets an album named after her. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it might just be the part of the, you know, quartet of albums just named after our mothers, you know, one mm -hmm. after the other after the other. So, yeah. Um, but this collection of songs is kind of a concept album based on moms. <laughs> our mom, mom rock musical. Is it Deandra or Deandra? Deandra. Okay. Awesome. Totally cool. Yeah. I've been called Devendra, Deandre. I have been called so many different names and I roll with it too. I'm like, okay. you know what? Any opportunity to role play, take it. <laughs> Can you hear me? Is that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah you sound ah. good, Chris. Saucy. Ooh, ooh, Chris. Chris, I thought we were going to do like a true crime. Like he has that true crime podcast <laughs> voice. Like, I don't know what happened at the Cecil Hotel. <laughs> Something happened for yeah, sure. Chris, can you say it was a cold November night like any other? Except Who is it? It was a cold November night like any other except. <laughs> <laughs> except. Someone was about to vanish. I do, <laughs> I do love, like, are you guys, because that could be a topic. Are you into true crime? I oh. Think Lauren is hella. Lauren, Lauren and Lila will too be. much murder all the time. I kind of watch it while I'm going to bed and waking up. I think about that all the time. Like, is it okay that I'm so into murder? <laughs> it means you're really likely to survive. I think because you're always thinking about how someone could get you. Yeah. So you're you're watching. I, I met a murderer the other day. What? Uh, yeah, I was selling stuff at Craigslist. I sold a bike, and this guy was like, "I think I sold your house to your aunt." And I was like, "Oh, really? Are you still a real in real estate?" And he's like, "No, I killed someone three years ago." <laughs> oh my uh, God! What a casual. I, I, I like how I honest he was at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm 
to how he murdered the person. It was just like, no, nah, I killed somebody. So yeah. thanks for the bag, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I think he he was like doing some real estate with this church or something, and someone was like stealing oh, stuff thing, and he that like guy? Re- yeah, the one re- near a uh, pharmacy, that church uh, uh, off of like Central and near uh, Morningside Park, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he ran someone over yeah. and they died a few days later. Yeah. I hate when that happens. Yeah. Man. And it was intentional? It was intentional. Oh, I, I don't no. think he intended for the guy to die. But he But he, he was like, I'm running this guy over today. Yeah. Are we rolling right now? <laughs> We're, We're rolling. rolling. But that could be told, that could be like that could all be in the podcast because that's that could, just that could be the dead. only topic, actually. <laughs> I mean the way Dateline has affected my dating life, like, <laughs> it's just, it's always the husband. And then you, like, now I'm uh-huh. like, we're getting along, we're falling for each other. But in 20 years, when we hit that, like, I'm kind of getting bored with you, yeah. will you murder me? Yeah. 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 Like, you know, will our finances be so intertwined that, like, <laughs> you don't want to fucking, it's just easier to kill me and get the life insurance than it is to, like, Make a clean break and start all over. That's not. That's not twenty years. That's like twenty months in too. Yeah, that's newlywed shit. So, it's yeah. like they they have yeah. several shows. Who did I marry? The you know, and then they're all episodes of someone getting murdered. Twenty months or years into the marriage. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I had one. Uh, there was one episode of Dateline where the guy got like six life insurances on his wife, and like four of them he got just before he was going to kill her. And I'm like, like that's that's a red flag. Yeah. <laughs> I think Todd is going to kill me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the ones where you find out like this guy's on his third wife and she doesn't know that he had like two other ones. And yeah. And they all just happened to fall down the stairs. My last two wives drowned in the bathtub. It was the weirdest shit. I just don't know. Or like she fell down the stairs and it was only like five stairs and all the blood was everywhere. And you're like, how did that happen, Roger? Yeah. How did that really <laughs> happen? I down some stairs and I didn't die, so. That's the type of stuff that, that kind of definitely makes you rethink how you date and kind of like look at, at men. We're looking at you, Chris. Huh. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I, I wasn't, I, I didn't think about it all that much. And now that I've met a murderer, I'm like, oh boy. Do we, do we just... <laughs> oh boy. I, Ooh, boy. Oh boy. One knows like, where I a, live. Or he has a problem with the bike you sold him. And he like yeah. comes back tomorrow. I'll, so this chain fell right off. <laughs> Chris will like take, he'll be like, you know what? I'll take the bike. Here's money and here's extra money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he he was like an honest murderer though. It sounded like he was really forthcoming. I think the statistic is in your lifetime, you're gonna meet eight people who killed somebody or something like that. That's it's like spiders. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've already met like that you 20, eat. I feel like I've already met like 20 people that have killed someone. So maybe I can go the rest of my life. You do like, know yeah. some interesting people. You know, or you're being a server or a bartender. Oh you yeah, know, totally. You're, you're meeting so many people that maybe you can run through them and get done faster with meeting murderers. It's very true. The service industry introduces you to the weirdest people. 
Well, I mean, that kind of goes, you run into one of uh, our topics, which is like memories and traveling. And I feel like as a band and as members of the service industry, do you get like people that you're like, why did you tell me that? That is oh, yeah. really open. Oh, really yeah. Open. Yeah. Have, have, what is the craziest thing that somebody's revealed to you that you're kind of like, well, all right, that's, we're just two minutes in. Man, I'll literally, this happens to me all the time where I will go to the grocery store and I'll meet somebody who just needs somebody to talk to. And I'll be like, you know, doing my own thing. And somebody will be like, hey, you know, have you seen this can right here? And I'm like, oh, cool can. And they're like, oh man, my mom just died. And or something, you know, this happens to me all the time too. And I, my partner Kirby notices that also he's like, you have the weirdest things happen to you with people just like coming and talking to you. So I don't know if I have an exact moment, but it happens almost like every other day. <laughs> it's yeah. probably the way that you interact with people pretty openly. And I think like, like we all in this band have this and Deandra, mm-hmm. I bet you probably get this shit too. Cause you seem like an open chatty gal and like, yeah, like people, I think at, at bartending, it's really common for people to tell you like really personal relationship shit mm-hmm. for you, especially. <laughs> yeah. Like really personal relationship shit, but like, but yeah, like it'll go dark quick. Like one time, um, a patron was going through a divorce and then she was like tried to put $20 in my hand she was like tell me if he comes in here with somebody I was like whoa 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 (laughs) (laughs) I'm not getting in this shit with you (laughs) like and a $20 spy like at least give me 2,000 like I'm not a cheap spy either (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was just like, no, no, no. And I just like pushed it back. I was, you know, because well, people, people are strange when they're hurting. That's for sure. Yes, Lash for out. sure. Yeah. That's really dangerous. It can be dangerous. I yeah. enjoy these conversations. I enjoy being there with for people. But yeah, it they come to us in flocks. <laughs> I think I would say that every person here on this track currently has an aura of empathy. And I think that that's what attracts people. And then the the odd safetyness that comes with strangers. Like, I think we've all had a chat where a stranger, where we were so honest, like more honest with them than say our best friend. So it's like this mutual kind of like, I feel like I can tell you things. And I also feel like you won't judge me. That, yeah, I think that were- happens when you're, re- when you're performing. Cause I, I think after we would play, I would go want to see the next band play. So I'd wander around and get to talking to people. And there's this immediate, like we just shared the last 40 minutes together. And so people will tell me about, or tell any of us, you know, about their art, their relationships, you know, things that they're trying to accomplish in their lives or some hard times that music got them through. And it happens like super fast. And then you're out of town, you know, we leave town that night. So I think it's that shared moment of, we just, even though we had played, we were all there and we all were in on an experience together. And that's that's the cool thing about performing and mm-hmm. touring, actually, because you just go to different towns and you don't think you have anything in common with anybody. But it's pretty much all the same. Everyone just wants to connect with people, it seems like. so. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, I could genuinely say I never saw it like that. But yeah, you are sharing 40 minutes with somebody. 
and though you're playing music in a in a odd way it is a conversation mm-hmm. yeah I definitely never like that well that that explains kind of the relationship why you well, get and, fans and also lila runs out into the audience too so she's <laughs> yeah. with them for she parties with them yeah, yeah for at least we a party. minute or two <laughs> Do you think that's going to change, Lila, now after, like, in these post-pandemic times? like It has to change. I don't want it to change, but I don't know if it does. I don't know. I was thinking about that the other day. I'm sure it'll be weird for a little while, you know? Like, it's at this point where even when I'm watching TV and there's, like, a bunch of people in a bar in, like, a scene, you know, in a show, it's, like, a bunch of people in New York City in a bar, like, sharing a cigarette or some shit. I'm always like, ah, like, no masks. So yeah. I'm sure it'll take a second for our brains to be like, it's cool. We've been like this thousands of years before. Right. Yeah. Been trying to like brains re-brainstorm different ways to interact with people without if getting Lila, both in their can, comfort zones yeah. as well. You know, if we could put you in one of those like life-size mouse balls and then like <laughs> throw you out for the audience and you could just like run over everybody. I'll just run all over them. Or a hazmat suit, like you just suit up and then crowd surf or something like that. Yeah, I'll just touch other people and then they have to touch other people's touches, but I'll be safe. It'll yeah. be cool. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, you'll you'll be non-COVID. They'll, they'll be COVID, but they, I might be spreading it. I might be a super spreader. <laughs> and the hilarious thing is like when you are on the news and they trace it back, apparently a band called Prism Fit has been been super spreading yeah we're like ground zero or patient patient zero kissing everybody and hugging everybody (laughs) oh man Uh, i know it's gonna be interesting when people start touring again well i guess we'll have to play that one 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 step at a time i mean i was talking to one artist uh, a few days ago and and we were talking about how I think one of the trippy things about this time is that we've also realized how gross people are mm-hmm. in terms of like, people are not washing their hands. They don't mind coughing on each other. So it's kind of like, which a concert, I love a concert, but it is like, it is a gross, it's a Petri dish. Like <laughs> the floors are sticky and we're like, how this is not beer sticky. You know, like it yeah. is a, a peach and everybody's like high-fiving and touching. So I think the awareness now that we are a touchy-feely society and we're not exactly clean is going to trip people out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's going to have to be a lot of maybe, I don't know, yeah, a lot of awareness towards that when you go out now. You just, everybody's wearing masks and washing your hands and I have my little sanitizer bottle, whatever I do, I, you know, sanitize. I think yeah. the masks should just be a year round thing, even after this mm-hmm. dies down. I mean, they do it in other countries and, you know, slow the spread of flu season and things like that. And on tour, it's always a, a kind of a given that you're going to get sick. Oh God, we all get so sick every tour without fail. Yeah, so, and I remember one time we were driving through California, we were looking for respirators. It was when the California fires were going on in in paradise um, outside of Sacramento. And we were looking around for masks even then. Um, There's always something on the road that you have to protect yourself from, it seems like. So it might be nice just to 
go and play and then when you're interacting with people have a mask on <laughs> yeah have kind of an oxygen mask like approach them like an astronaut yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was yeah. thinking this would be the perfect time for every like if everybody performed like daft punk you know just like suits yeah and it, it, it could be i think if we go like a fantasy thematic route like daft punk they were aliens if we play up the you know maybe i'm an alien i'm just an alien approaching people that's why i wear a mask kind of it will be more acceptable we basically have to approach adults like a sesame street episode and try to make it colorful and feel safe yeah. The fact that we're all wearing masks. Yeah. yeah. Before this, I remember like, yeah, like I think I was in high school when SARS got on the scene in the early 2000s. And I don't remember seeing like traveling into big cities and seeing people with like masks until after SARS. And it's like, yeah, you know, it doesn't mean everybody's going to be like fucking a ninja, like shrouded forever. <laughs> But it, I like the good thing maybe with this pandemic is the awareness, because especially in this country with like no paid sick leave and stuff, like now people yeah. will maybe be like, okay, I'm sick. I will wear a mask when I'm going to the store so I don't get other people sick. Like hopefully that that's a thing we keep. Yeah, we're all, it's all interconnecting. Like it just sprouts into different things. Like you get sick, what is your insurance? your family like I think there's definitely a hyper awareness of health it's like the dateline of diseases now we are hyper aware of how we get sick this is turning out to be a, a very happy dark episode <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to murder my friends or my mom I don't or want my moms. to yeah that was moms on... and friends oh yeah yeah <laughs> Ooh, but I was really interested about like movies as a subject because I do often ask, um, what is a movie that you feel would be a great concept album? Mm. Oh, um, well, I mean, I feel like Tar Tarantino movies always have a really strong soundtrack. Ooh. that's that's all over the place so I feel like any Tarantino movie could be like a cool concept album Kill Bill a Kill yeah. Bill album yeah that would be cool yeah that would be cool. Tawshank Redemption could be a musical like an, a Broadway musical if someone could work on that that Chris. would be good too you mean like a concept album like Tommy like was a movie yeah yeah or just like I was talking to one uh uh, an artist yesterday and he is trying to figure out he loves spider-man and he's trying to figure out how to make it a concept album and he's plucking kind of the heroic journey of being this young guy who wants to be bigger than life but he's also like of really small roots he's faced some surprising traumas for being a teen and i love like the, the way he framed it and i always ask that question because i do think and it popped in when you sent me your topics. I believe that every artist has another art that inspires their art. That is not that like, I'm, I love, I, I do music, but I love movies and I watch movies and that inspires a song kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Maybe Midsummer. That'd be a weird. 
yeah. concept. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would love just to hear that. Album. Yeah. What's especially that going to sound that, like? That's especially because the director was so adamant that it was a film about codependency. So oh. that that is a yeah theme. the scariest thing yeah like midsummer and hereditary are so so creepy and haunting but like what i love about those movies is there's gory shit and there's sad you know people are dying and stuff in those movies but like hereditary the scariest thing to me about hereditary is the family's relationships like the yucky feeling in the house like that's scarier to me than like the yeah. the like Tony Collette crawling on the ceiling. <laughs> like I would rather see some fucked up shit than than be in be in a family dinner where we all don't understand each other, don't like each other. Yeah, you know, like that's scary to me. I think what's scary to me is the the embracing of their darkness. That always like the ending of Hereditary and the, and the ending of Midsommar that that kind of like I'm not trying to be good anymore. I am 100% about evil. And I like the whole film being a buildup to them just feeding into their darkness. That always freaks me out. Mm-hmm. That's, it really yeah <laughs> left an imprint for sure. I remember being like, spoilers. Ooh. T, have you seen these movies? Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. the one in the band who doesn't like to watch anything upsetting. So I'm like well, a little bit gonna... of both worlds too. T and I watch a lot of like sitcom bullshit, and teen, then teen, <laughs> teen uh, like yeah, we we watch all. I mean, we're both on the Gilmore Girls right now. So oh, yeah. I've never gotten oh. in there. You have not. Never Lauren. been in there. I'm re I'm rewatching all the Buffy and Angel series yeah right? whenever i'm at lauren's we watch that buffy it's really good we like we like air jam the whole theme song <laughs> Ooh, we did the buffy theme song we were like it's pretty rocking <laughs> yeah so rocking like, you should add that in that yeah. theme song see if you can find it yeah let's see our next cover song that. yeah <laughs> so good <laughs> and then they have like an episode where Chibo Mato is like playing like it, uh, they always in the beginning like worked in all these like cool kind of bands that were coming up into the uh-huh. episodes that was neat but yeah yeah and then and it's kind of like it's not always so subtle like you could tell when they're plugging a band yeah which they're I like, love. Well, did you see who's gonna be at the bronze tonight like <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I would say that I'm definitely like Lila. I love I love a Buffy, but I love a Gilmore. Yeah. I do. I I I like I need that breathability at times. Like I I watch Bridgerton, I'm like, chef's kiss. Thank you. <laughs> like just cheesy, love it. Obviously, everyone's talking about the sex scenes, which in a way shows that a lot of people are sexually frustrated. I do love those, those really I love a true crime episode, but I love like a To All the Boys or Gilmore Girls or um, a, a series I just reviewed, Jenny and Georgia. Like they're so they're dramatic. Started that. Do you? I, I, you're gonna love it. I feel like they're calling it the new Gilmore, but I think it's a little bit darker than that. Mm-hmm. 
but it's it, it has that kind of it's light enough where I can absorb its darkness and not feel like I need to sleep with the lights on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the problem with touring is usually the, what everyone agrees on is a true crime thing. Before, yeah, we watch forensic files to go night night. And and we we're, we share one room. <laughs> So there's like six of us in a motel six all we had just played I think was it Jacksonville where there was like the motel room next door was like sealed and like the locks were oh the crime tape it was like a yeah and then it's like let's watch forensic files and I'm in bed like poor <laughs> There's a Hulu show. I'm forget. I'm blanking on the name. It's like real something nine one one, where it takes nine one one. Is that is that it? Where like they tell they take actual nine one one calls and they reenact them. Uh huh. And it's terrifying because like like, how can you fall asleep listening to somebody scream? That's what I'm saying. Some of them are feel good though. Like there was one where the. The sister was all calling. She's like, "Oh my god, that was outside my window!" And then it happened to be her other sister who was trying to get in for like an hour, and she was like, <laughs> "I'm like out. I need to get in your house." And then, the, like you hear on the call, they're all, "Sorry, it's just my sister." And she's so scared the whole time. You think that she's gonna get murdered, but it was really funny how it ended. I feel like the Law and Order and True Crime. I don't know what level of, I feel they ask for overacting. Mm-hmm. They don't ask for regular acting. They ask for overacting. Yeah. I would love to get one of those parts where you're like a guy or I'll be a lady, like unloading lobsters from a truck. Cause they're always in the middle of doing something and they don't stop to talk to the cops. Like usually in real life, when the cops have asked me questions, I, I'm not like, like I told you the other day, I don't know. He comes in here all the time and da 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 to them. <laughs> yeah. like right. And after finding out someone's just been murdered, what happened? Todd's murdered. <laughs> yeah. I feel like artists are so, they're this weird groundedness. Like they're so part of like what I think is what makes artists really anxious and depressed is that they're so grounded and connected to everything. And virtual reality is just this weird orb. Like yep. it's almost like we're connected, but it, there's something frayed in the wiring. Mm-hmm. That must be really frustrating oh, right well, now. Well, and like, like, uh, in like Instagram, I just know, like, in this last year, my screen time shot through the fucking roof. You know, like, just, just, just like my phone was like, you spent six hours today on like Instagram and Facebook. That's crazy, you know? <clears throat> but <clears throat> so it's like this funny and with the algorithms I'd notice, even though I'm looking at pictures of my friends and stuff, you know, I'm, it's also feeding you in- information to keep you clicking and not and scrolling. So like, m- I realized like, yeah. And like, uh, the stuff that you're getting exposed to is really emotionally heightened. Mm. Like no matter what side of the political spectrum you're on, like your Instagram will show you things that will freak you out and piss you off and keep you scrolling. 
know? Um, and then cat videos to like kind of calm you down and make you like share stuff. But I was, yeah. So, but in real life, it's, you know, people don't troll each other in real life the way they do on the internet, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I, I, oh, Chris, please. Oh, just, I was just going to say as an artist, I think it's it's just like, it, it's so hard, especially like being in a band where you're creating together and you, you, you if, if you can't be in the same room with someone, you, you don't feel the, 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 the vibes of the room, you know, and, and so it's hard, it's, we haven't really done much, so creating in this time, so yeah, that, that it's been tough. And the little that we did felt like a drug, you know, like mm-hmm. in September, we like went to a rural New Mexico and we wrote, like kind of wrote like a song and, and, and got to play together on one that Lila had written that we hadn't gotten to play together yet. And we were just like, oh yeah, that's so good. Yeah. <laughs> That's the start. <laughs> oh, shoot me up up there. We went to the place in our van too. So it was like, we're on our own tour. <laughs> it really felt magical. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely a heightened appreciation for the small things. Yeah. For sure. For what's do, happened. But how do you feel it's changed? Because one of your topics was the creative process. Like, how do you feel it's changed? your process and your artistry? Uh, I think I'm a lot less inspired, if I'm going to be honest. I, I want to be more inspired. I know a lot of people are like, don't feel bad. You don't have to create. Everybody's in a pandemic, you know? So I'm kind of on that spectrum a lot of days. Like, I can't get my head out of it. But also, you know, we are given the gift of time. So we do have a lot of time to create and feed into those moments when they do happen. Um, I don't know if you guys. Yeah, for me, it feels like the world's like constantly changing in a, in a, in a, in a way that it has not been changing as fast as in the last year, you know? And so you're, I just feel like I'm constantly processing the world and trying to <laughs> even have anything to say about it because you're like what what am what am i gonna there's just so much out there and so much happening all the time that you're yeah. like how do i even respond yeah yeah, yeah. well and, and like yeah i'm right there with lila like any time that i've you know written something for the band it's always been collaborative like i don't do it on my own like i need to be in the room with these guys like to hear t fucking around on the drums you know to or to hear like you know chris playing a guitar or lila playing her keys or you know when lila sings something then all of a sudden my brain comes alive with ideas for melodies but mm-hmm. off on my own I, I yeah i'm not inspired the way i am when i'm when i'm not physically near someone Mm-hmm. This artist was talking about cancel culture and social media, and I, I, it's not necessarily about what I'm about to say is not about that topic, but how I think in this past year with all that's happening and this weird, so much is happening and so much is not happening. It's hard to not only respond to, to this world, but also feel like you have the right or the, the emotional intelligence to respond. Like, I, I, that word processing stuck out to me because sometimes I, I don't know how to process all that we're talking about, but I don't even feel like I have the right to join the conversation. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, we're just reckoning with the whole world. I mean, we can talk to anybody. We could be having this interview with you from Guam, you know, like, like there are just things, you know, the beautiful thing about technology is that we're able to, to speak to people and learn things and see things we've never seen. But then the flip side of that is that like, we're a raw nerve that's just getting touched and exposed to everything constantly. And you don't, you know, not everybody's gonna, yeah, with, with, with comedy, with music, not everybody's gonna get you. Back in the day, if someone printed something on a magazine and people read it and were like, this girl looks dumb, you wouldn't hear their comment. Now, everybody's a critic and you can see it. Everybody is a critic. Every, mm-hmm. the, social media has certainly made everybody feel like a critic and like literally because I mean how many YouTube series are all about reacting mm-hmm. right yeah people are reacting YouTubers are reacting to YouTube yeah <laughs> so, like so like when you think about it like now mm-hmm. people watching TV and you watching the people watch TV of a show that you probably watch on your own. It's like, whoa, this is like Spider-Man and the multiverse. Like, it's just too many multiverses happening all at once. It is kind of crazy. Yeah, I think back to like movies back in the day, like on VHS, they had two versions. One version was the director's cut where the actors were reacting to themselves in the scenes. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys Mm -hmm. ever watched those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. uh, But then- you had it had to be like you had to order that specifically or like it was a lot less accessible because it came in the packaging itself like it wasn't available online or like yeah. yeah yeah exactly so this kind of stuff is now like yeah taken into another context where people are like I don't know there it's just the technology and the internet is ever evolving and what people are interested in is just nuts sometimes <laughs> I think it's just too much it's like going back to processing and the rate of information. It's we have way too much information that I don't think we're meant to. Our brains are meant to handle. Kind of like if you watch a Gilmore Girls episode, and if one of them is going with through a breakup, it's all depending. The resolution of the breakup is depending on <laughs> if he left a message on your answering machine or not. It's oh not, God! You yeah. Know, so you could leave the house. Back in the old days, if you broke up with someone, you could leave the house and almost kind of forget a little bit that you're going through a breakup. But now, Good days. well, know. now they can post a picture like a thirst trap picture on uh-huh. Instagram, and or you're just Instagram checking your phone your... all the time. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and, or did they change their relationship status online? Or, or you know, it's I don't know if our brains are meant to handle this much, whether it's personal things or you know, popular culture or even just arts and culture. It, mm-hmm. It's it's like trying to swallow the ocean these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely like, I, I know there's an app that you could download that could show you who's watching you and like how many times they've watched you. So like, but it, they like, they promoted it kind of like, do you want to see if your ex is looking? I do. Like, like it's absolutely toxic but absolutely brilliant because it's almost as if they know that people want like we're all we all want to be positive but we all feed our negative 
Mm-hmm. Like social human. media is 100% based off jealousy. Yeah. Based off like darkness and like it is, it has a lot of lightness. Like I think it could be really funny. I'm always inspired by how creative people are, but there is this level of like, we want to, the haves and the have nots. Well, and mm-hmm. yeah, like jealousy and fear, right? Like you can really lurk and creep and sort of like not do it in real life. You can really like, like kind of like, you know, start people start liking each other's photos before they have the, you know, the balls to ask each other out on a date or whatever, or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Liking photos is a new foreplay. It's kind of like, it's like the new, oh, oh, he left a comment. Oh, she liked three of my posts. That means something. I remember these girls that were like 10 years younger than me at work got, and they're friends and one of them liked another like this guy and the, and the and the other one was mad because he started following the friend on Instagram I'm like mm. how that is so bizarre like she, she can't control this person following her on Instagram and like that's the jealousy um, I, felt, I felt of a different generation than these ladies when that shit went down I was like what is happening and they grew they grew up at the most curated form of social media also so like we kind of all were the test puppets and then they (laughs) algorithmed this and that based on how we started interacting as humans and now those kids who were five then are who are now 20 or whatever it's like I feel really sad for them because they think that they're not pretty or that they're not this based on what filters on other people's pictures and they're not even real like those people don't even really look like that it's a completely different facade that algorithmic um potency has played a role yeah in fucking people up (laughs) including me I mean I'm talking from you know, from firsthand experience, like what the fuck? It's so, it really is weird how it gets in your mind like that. There is almost uh, like, one artist, he said something really interesting to me. And I think the way he surmised it was perfect was there's a pressure to be like, you can't just be occasionally witty. You have to be a comedian. Like you can't be occasionally wise. You have to be a guru. And he was saying like the label put a lot of pressure on him, not only to always post, but to be like, you have to be exceptional. You can't, there's nothing, even when you're light, you have to be the sun in mm-hmm. terms of radiation. Mm-hmm. And he, he found that frustrating because like me, I'm not, I, I do social media because I have to, but it's never been something I'm really into. And he, he totally agreed. But then it's almost Same. like I have to be a god. Like even hate groups, like you have to be the god of evil. Like you have to be the most hateful <laughs> person in the universe when you're on social media. You can't just be lightly hateful. You have yeah. to be really hateful. Yeah. <laughs> and when you reach that level too, where so many people are liking and following a certain entity, like you're going to get every spectrum of hate, happy, love, like it really is kind of scary. <laughs> it makes me wonder 
if you know we were talking about music and movies that we we, we love to absorb and consume it makes me wonder if humanity is obsessed with like hearing and and watching but not necessarily listening and observing mm-hmm. like we love the content stream but the whole idea of pausing and being like whoa it's kind of kind of like it, it just feels too deep for us and perhaps we've confused um pausing for kind of what lauren was saying like you know somebody's going to think of something that you said 20 years ago or somebody's going to listen to this podcast and think we were making fun of murder uh-huh. and be like cancel all of them yeah a wiring shift you know it's a programming thing like yeah I, I can feel I can feel my brain working different like when I go to the bathroom I take my phone with me Mm-hmm. And I and I was like, wow, okay. I probably peed and pooped for thirty years without my phone with me. Like, I and and it's like an exercise. Like, I have to consciously be like, go to the bathroom without your phone. You're gonna be okay. Like, you can do it. Yeah. Now we're on the end of we have to heal ourselves from all yeah. of the exposure. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Find yeah. ways. It's it's a yeah. I feel like it's a yeah. I don't know if it's an instinct thing or if it's a it's like a wiring thing. You know, yeah. like to not yeah. just to be. It's an addiction. So it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's yeah. Like it, entertainment constantly. I I feel like it's taken experiences and made them consumption. Like we're just consuming all the all these instead of experiencing stuff we're just like yep yeah let's make this into something that i can give to some people to have you know to consume and well everything on that we're observed or we're looking at and listening to no one is privy to the process so it just these things seem like they magically drop out of the air with you know i'm a drummer so like there's so much there's so much exceptional drumming from exceptional people but we don't see the process of those 30 seconds that got on the latest post. So you just think, oh, that's the way it was supposed to, they came out of the box like that. So my, I'm supposed to be coming out of the box. Oh, I'm not like that. So I feel shitty about myself or shitty about my art or shitty about my playing. But the observing and the listening is part of, you know, making mistakes and growing. And But yeah. we don't see any of that now because it's so instant. And you have to be curated. Yeah, instantly good all the time. And we're not, you know, we're not yeah. instantly good all the time. We're we're really bad for a good, you know, certain period. At least I am, you know, I'm really bad and then I'll have a breakthrough and then everything will fall apart. And but that's the experience of yeah of learning, yeah. you know. So we're human beings, we're not robots. Yeah. <laughs> are but we, but now are they're like, you need live. to be a robot. Yeah. <laughs> If you want the algorithm to work right. Yeah. Oh, man. Have you seen, like, that episode of Broad City where, like, the whole episode is yeah. through an Instagram story? Oh, it's yeah. such a good show. And, like, and then, like, when they break their phones and they're, like, they, they're looking at a sunset and they're, like, oh, that's so pretty. And then they're, they don't have a phone to, like, <laughs> put it on their story. So they're, like, I guess we could just look at it in real life. And they're just, like, totally uncomfortable just, like, <laughs> looking at it in real life. That is a brilliant show and a potentially brilliant concept album. But yeah. Oh, there we go. We bring that really up, good. bring that up. But I, I think 
you know, that shows a, a, to connect with all that we've been saying, like, especially Teresa's point, like, I think that that show kind of showed how convoluted we are. I think that, you know, we've consumed, we, like, we've confused sharing for, consu like, just put consuming mm -hmm. and for, um, commenting for, for deep thought. Yeah. Like there's just, we don't have, and I think that humanity has always been imbalanced. Like I never understand when somebody says, don't you remember the glory days? And I'm like, what war? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> history book that it's just like, and then this war happened and then this war happened. And it's like, what glory day? Tell and then me. this plague and then this, yeah. you know. I always wonder if social media, it like, exacerbated an issue we already had and in that kind of fed it because I, I just don't see a time when humanity was really balanced or at, at peace with itself like there's a lot of you know because I, I all of us are pretty like um, I, and I think I'm speaking for you too, like pretty progressive, like liberal, like politically liberal people, but even on like the left, which I, I think I'm really on the left side of the political spectrum, right? Yeah. But even on, on like folks like that think, you know, believe in things that I think are important too, I'm noticing a lot of like virtue signaling and a lot of like you know, like, especially like I'm a, I'm a white lady, you know, like I grew up pretty solidly middle-class and I'm seeing a lot of people like me just demonizing and antagonizing other people that are on their same side. And it's almost like me and my dad were talking about like in junior high, there was this kid on my bus and oh man, cause I was going through my junior high yearbooks and I was like, oh, this poor fucking kid, man. Like everybody, you know, I think everybody's seen that kid that everybody teased. But when you're in junior high, what it is, is the like, oh, thank God, not me. Mm -hmm. Like if we all are like, yeah. yeah, this kid's a fucking like weirdo, loser. They're so weird. They're so dumb. You know, then really what that is, is like everybody doesn't want the eyes on them. Yeah you know, and, and I feel like that's kind of happening to a degree with the, with, with, you know, like, obviously some people that are getting canceled, good, like get them out of here, you know, but like, but, but I see a lot of um, people antagonizing each other because we're isolated and we're lashing out, right? We want to be like, no, 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 I'm a good guy because I'm going to tell you this person's fucked up. Mm, like wow. there's, no, there's no path for atonement you know, like what or growth. Yeah. yeah like That's we need so... to make room for people to be like, yeah, yeah. I made some, I made stupid jokes when I was 20 and they were fucked up and I'm dumb, but like, I'm not a demon. <laughs> yeah. No, what a rich thought. I think that we've confused, um, Sometimes people virtue signal. I'm like, you, that, that's, that's not the point you come in. And it's because they want to look like a good human being. And I, I think that intentions do matter in actions. And I see sometimes that people just want to look like they have virtue rather than actually having it. Mm -hmm. And I also, I, yeah, I, I think it's a moment. I think it's about, about growth and having the purpose of healing. 